two, what the first, I have two testimonies. First one, don't worry, two of them, I'm not going to preach a sermon. <laughs> the first one is I'm standing up here today, and I've said it before, but today I feel less pain than I have in five or six years. I mean, yeah, last year at this time, I had already gone through three operations, about ready to get my, my fourth one. And at one point, I, I didn't know if I was really going to make it or not. And praise God, he pulled me through. Amen. So I'll just give you testimony. Don't give up on your healing. Don't give up on your healing. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, we asked uh, the congregation last weekend to help us in a blessing to our uh, police officers in the community. And uh, I know we kind of got spur of the moment, so I know some people couldn't participate, but don't worry, you're going to get more chances to to bless people. So uh, people, um, we got cards made. Uh, for the police officers, and uh, we had people make baked goods, and we had so many that we were we were planning on going to four stations: uh, Montgomery County and uh, Christianburg Police Station, the Blacksburg and Virginia Tech Police Stations, and we had enough that we gave a whole big thing of baked goods so that Rick could bless Giles. Now we gotta get Floyd. Okay, we're not forgetting Floyd, Amy. <laughs> but you know, when we went, uh, we our, our class that we have on uh, Wednesday night is called "I Am Not Ashamed." It's from Romans one sixteen. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. Amen. There is there is no shame in being a believer. Believe me. And I, I look around here, and today as we're um, just a blessing it is to be here, to be loved by all these people around, the security of being here. There's people on this community needing to know it. And we want to bless the police to uh, just to give us, just let them know that we, we care about them. And as one officer told us, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of them lately, and they thanked us for coming. Um, and our, our class went out. We have seven of the region guys in our class, so we brought... We broke it up, and half of us, Joe, Joe took half over to Blacksburg. I took half over to Christiansburg. And as we went in, uh, you know, we got the opportunity to share individually with some of the officers. We prayed for every, at every place. Um, one uh, station, there was a, a, a lady was an assistant pastor of a church, and she was just praising God, and she, she started praying for the people there. Um, the blessing not only was to them, and I'm telling you, they were blessed. Uh, Danielle had uh, the Tree of Life children make these little posters. It was so cute. There's little faces wearing their <laughs> little policemen and everything like that on this little poster. And they, the policemen just loved it. They felt blessed. But the blessing wasn't just to them. I mean, it was to them. I, I could tell. Uh, one of the police officers we went to said, please pray because the Ottawa uh, Parliament had just been attacked that day. He says, it's, it's really tense out in this world. We don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, we went in, and Shane, would you come up here for a minute? Shane's one of the region guys. He's in our class. And uh, Shane was in my group, and the first, first, um, first station we went to is Montgomery County Police Station. 
And I, I contacted all the police stations saying we're coming, but they forgot to tell the second shift. <laughs> so we surprised everybody. And uh, but, but the Montgomery County one, I just went in and I kind of led it. And we just heard the people start praying. And Jerry and I were in the same car together. And, and we just heard what the Holy Spirit was doing through Shane at, at the Montgomery County Police Station. I mean, it was powerful. Uh, and uh, so at the next police station... I asked him to take the lead. Matter of fact, I didn't say anything till the end. We're about ready to go out because the, the group of seven that was there, they were just powerfully ministering to those, that police officers there. Shane, uh, where were you about in May of this year? Uh, I was locked up in uh, the region in Salem. Yeah. And what else happened in May? I got saved. You got saved in May. <laughs> and... Uh, Shane, what was your relationship like with the police before me? <laughs> Wasn't very well, you know. I was on that side of the fence, not on this. So. Yeah. But it's uh. Did you have good feelings toward him? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. You did now? Do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh feels good to give back, you know, for something I took for so many years. Yeah. You know. Amen. So. So so just tell me what was going on when when you start praying for these police officers on uh, Wednesday night. I asked the Lord, you know, just to uh, to relieve me of that feeling, you know, before we left, we was praying, and uh, the Lord just left it, you know, and this the Spirit come in me, and I started praying, you know, and uh, it felt good to pray for the police officers, because they do risk their lives, you know, every day, so, uh, to protect us, you know, I got kids and stuff, so they they do uh, they do a wonderful job. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Preach it. Yeah, that's right. When the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, I don't care. What's happened in your past, man? I know what you can do in our future, right? Yes, Amen. Well, thank you for helping participate in that. There's going to be a lot more opportunities. Don't worry. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Pastor, we have with us this morning a uh, family to us, to me, uh, Pastor Shishko. Uh, from Zagreb, Croatia, and also uh, one of the brothers with him that pastors alongside him in Pula, Croatia, which is one of my all-time favorite places on the earth, um, uh, Pastor Peter from uh, Pula. So uh, he's, uh, Pastor Shitsko is one of Ryan right, Haddon people, and they were just in the States here at a conference, and they come in here, and uh, it is so important for me, for Pastor Shitsko, every time he comes, there's something that he imparts into us. And I think it's very significant for us because a couple of things I want to say. I don't know if you remember about a year ago, a year ago, it might have been this year, that I started, did a series on homosexuality or sexuality. Not homosexuality, but sexuality, and that happened to be a part of it in dealing with the, the abuses. And I don't know if y'all noticed in the news the last couple of weeks, the first one was in uh, Houston, Texas, where the mayor of Houston started demanding all sermons against homosexuality be turned in. And then uh, Mim sent me a, a, a thing out of the Washington Times, well, the Washington Times that a city, a town in Idaho, who declared that if you preached against homosexuality... Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. You hear that? That's America, okay, right now. But you know what? We can complain about it. We can grumble about it. 
guess what? You know, the thing that's important for me is Pastor Shishko's here, because uh, because they, you know, Pastor Shishko, you know, as y'all know, I mean, he was part of the old Yugoslavia, and when he would just got saved, he was a Muslim, got saved, and and preached Jesus on the streets. They had in communist times put him in jail, and let him out, and he'd preach Jesus, you know, and kept praying for their nation and. And now God is doing some really cool things in Croatia. There's a couple of cool testimonies that I just want to share. I want to brag on you if it's cool. Um, but they didn't ring their, he didn't wring their hands. Uh, about, um, about five years ago, I think it was four or five years ago, the government came and demanded they pay a tax of 60, around $65,000 to the government of the church. Whereas on the opposite side, the Catholic church is receiving money. And so they were demanding that the evangelical church pay this money. And so they did. They took $65,000 from them. And, but I love what their heart was to pray. And now if you want to pray, you want to learn how to pray, go to Croatia. And one of the things, and that's sort of a commercial, because tonight we're going to have a, a, just a Holy Ghost service, uh, just really getting, trying to get in the presence of God and and tomorrow night, there's going to be a healing and prayer of the impartation service. Peter and, and uh, Pastor Peter and, and Pastor Shitsko are going to be imparting unto us in relationship to healing. Because in the midst of this time when all this craziness is going on, they're just praying and seeking the Lord. One time, Pastor Shitsko made a statement to us about three or four years ago, and he said it. He says, and this, I'm on, this is not his exact words, but this is how I heard it. He says, you, many of you pray here, you know, just out of convenience or whatever. For us, it's a matter of survival. Pray to change things. And we think we're surviving, but in fact, the reality is we're really being seduced. I mean, we think we're doing okay, but we are really, we need to awaken our hearts to pray out of survival. But anyway, to make the long story short, uh, just this year, just recently, the government paid back to them the $65,000 plus uh, that just about double. I say that is called return on investment. You know? And so you look and see obstacles, and now they're, you know, if you put $65,000 in a bank for that five years, you know, you may earn another five or another 10 15 would be really good. Another 15. 20 would be great. But to double it, that's Jesus Christ's mutual life. <laughs> it's investment. Then the, what, here's the rather crazy thing is, out of this, guess what? The national TV station called them. Now, they already have one TV program on another station, but it's, not the, it's more local. But the national TV station asked them to do their service on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. That's Jesus. All over. Yeah, clap about that. I mean, and in that time, and in that time, Pastor Shisko, was, God was giving them words, uh, words of healing. And it's so signs and wonders starting to occur. And like Pastor Shisko was telling me, there was this lady who had a, an incurable disease. I mean, it was a very serious incurable disease that leads into death. And she Facebooked him. Says, can you pray for me? So on Facebook, he prayed for her. And she Facebooked him back and said, I'm healed. That's Jesus. 
And so that's why I like Monday night. I said, dude, y'all going to come and pray. You're going to impart unto us. God's doing some really cool things in our healing, the healing team and prayer team in our church. But I just really believe, dude, I want to, I need more impartation. I want be prayed into, spoke into, and inspired into. And so that's what's going to be happening tonight and tomorrow night and some of the stuff that's going on. So just uh, let me keep my mouth shut. I, I, um, I do want to ask you all to do something for me. Um, can we confess something? I just want to confess something to the atmosphere. Uh, okay. Will you all do that for me? All right. It is Psalm 27. So I want to just confess this. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Shall I fear? The, Lord the, the Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Shall I when evildoers come upon me evil and devour my flesh, devour. they stumbled and fell. Stumbled. Though a host arise against me, arise. my heart shall not fear. Though war shall arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Thank you for confessing that. I need that. We need that. We're, Lou and George and I will be leaving next Monday, a week from Monday, to go to the Middle East, and we'll be there for a week. George is rejoicing. He'll see his family. And so, but anyway, I just wanted to confess that into the atmosphere. So, Pastor Shichko, please come. You and Peter impart to us what God has got for you. So now, open our Let me pray, because I just really want to believe that God's going to impart something into our heart truth. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Pastor Shichko as a, as a brother to me, and Lord, many times to inspire me and to speak into me, Lord, and uh, just uh, cause my heart to just grasp greater re revelations of you. And Lord, we pray now, Lord, we just expect to receive much from you, God. And Lord, so I speak blessing over Pastor Shishko and his family back home and over Peter. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. What a great worship. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was wonderful. The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us be open for what he wants to do and just enjoy it. Hallelujah. If he touches you and you start to cry, somebody will bring Phoenix to you. You know, <laughs> don't worry about that. Hallelujah. God is good, God. I am going to minister to you something today together with Pastor Peter, and we, are, we will do it first time, I think, like a tag team. But we really cannot do nothing if the Lord is not here. But he is here. Hallelujah. He is here, and um, I would like to start with you uh, from the Word of God. It's in Colossians, or Colossians. I, I have to apologize at the beginning for my English, you know. What you catch, you catch and just enjoy it. it it's a great. And uh, what you don't, you just forgive me. Are you merciful enough? Hallelujah. My English is not the best, so I, I will do the best I can. Hallelujah. It's Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, do not an, uh, let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or, or regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Hallelujah. I would like to share today a little bit about shadows, about symbolism in the Bible. 
about parables that Jesus is talking or the Word of God is talking all around. It is really important that we understand those things because they are in the Bible and we need to see them because God is speaking through them to us. Hallelujah. I don't know how you are doing here with the, with the Adventist church, but some Adventists in our country, you know, they say if you don't hold the Sabbath, you know, you are not saved, you are going to go to hell. If you eat pork or if you eat octopus, you know, it's not good, you are going to go go to hell. Well, this scripture here is saying, you know, let and not, uh, uh, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or, or with regard to a religious festival, new moon celebration or Sabbath day. These are shadows of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Hallelujah. One of the shadows in the Old Testament that I would like to talk today about is the shadow of the rocks, hallelujah, or the stones. The Bible speaks about that in different terminology, but basically, uh, as we will read it through the Bible, we will see different things that the Bible is speaking to us about that, hallelujah. And here is the, I'm looking which one sermon I'm going to take for you. <laughs> Okay, I'm going, I think it is here, hallelujah. Uh, so one of the shadows is really, you know, the stone. I mean, the Bible said that Jesus Christ is the stone that was rejected. Do you remember that? In 1 Peter 2, 4, it says that he was rejected by the builders, but he was precious in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the stone. Hallelujah. A rock or the stone is a picture of Jesus Christ. And it has a, a meaning that is tra um, um, transcending into another Think It is a special talk that God has for us, and we need to find out what does God is speaking to us when we are finding these things in the Bible, because there are some great, great things really to read about. It says in the second Samuel 22, 32 to 37, for who is, who is God beside the Lord, and who is the rock? Except our God. It is God who arms me with the strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the highs. He trains my hands for the battle. My arms can bend and bow of bronze. You make your saving, um, saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give away. Many things the Lord is speaking to us through this scripture. And I would like to mention just few of them. Who is the rock but our God? He is the rock on which we are built. He is the war, rock, and he is the wall, our translation is saying, that is protecting us. He is a, such a wall that nobody can come through to us if we are standing inside the wall. He also is the one, as we read, the one that lifts us up. 
He's lifting us up to the high places. He's also preparing us for fight. When we have a fight and we need to go in the fight, it is the Lord who trains our hand for the war. He is also our shield and he is very, very tender about us and he is protecting us. He is also giving the, the um, um, uh, um, he is giving us trust and he is giving us the strength to go out in the situation that he has for us. The, the picture of the rock or the stone in the Bible is so important and I think we need to understand it so we can grasp it and meditate upon that so it will become a part of our understanding, part of our faith that we will move in the new dimension that God has for us. The Bible says in the Psalm 95, 1 to 3. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Hallelujah. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great God, the great king above all the earth. Hallelujah. I like this very much. The Lord is the rock. Hallelujah. He is stronger than rock and roll. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He, you cannot beat him. He is so strong, he is so powerful, and the Bible says he is great God. And we need to understand that he is the great God, and he is the rock of our salvation. This is so great, you know. We are singing, worthy is the Lord. Pastor Rick was sharing a little bit about that. The other day I was in conference, and we were singing another song with the same meaning, worthy is the Lord. And I was standing in my place, you know, and in a moment God was speaking to me and showing me how, how great and how worthy it is. He is. You know, what we can do. How many times you think sinfully? How many times you say something sinful? How many times you do something sinful? You are trying to do your best, but yet, yet you fall down and you fall down and you fall down. And I'm talking about myself, not about you first, but first of myself. But you know what? He is worthy because he has lifted me up when I have fallen. He has Forgive me when I have said something which was wrong. He has lifted me up in every situation. And you know what? He is worthy. And he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be sing about. He is worthy that we come before him with thanksgiving. He is the rock of our salvation. We are not rock of our salvation. Our religion is not rock of our salvation. This church, even is the church of God, is, the, is not rock of your salvation. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that. We are not crying out. We are not shouting glory to us. We are shouting glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We are shouting into the glory of the rock of our salvation, which is Jesus Christ. And 
precious brothers and sisters, we have to understand we need to build our life on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. In um, Matthew 7, and this is very simple, you know, you probably have been singing that song in the church, you know, build your house on the rock, but, but it's so important for us to be reminded about that. Matthew 7, 24 to 27, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hallelujah. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears those words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Hallelujah. It's important that we are building our uh, our godliness, our religiosity, if we use that word, and the uh, rock, which is Jesus Christ. You see, one day the rain is going to come to your life. One day, you know, thunder and all wind, you know, is going to come your way. And if you are not built on the rock, you are going to fall. You need to put yourself totally on the rock of Lord Jesus Christ. He is the rock. We need to stand on him in our thinking, in our godliness, in everything we do. Your business needs to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Your marriage needs to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Your relationships with other people needs to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. What he said, what his word is saying, it's so important for us. If we are not standing on that, we are going to fall. And we don't want to fall. And he don't want us to fall. And we need to build our house on the rock. Because there are going, uh, the storms are going to come. The rains are going to come. And we need to find our place in the rock of our salvation. You see, in the first Corinthians... 10, 1 to 5, it says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into the Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate at the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. I'm sorry to say this wrong. And that, that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Imagine this. They were baptized in the water. They were baptized in the spirit because crossing the sea was the symbolic of water baptism. The cloud that was going together with them was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. They were drinking the same spiritual drink. They were eating same spiritual food. But you see, we read some of them was not really pleasant to the Lord. Why? Because they did not react in the right way. 
Why? They did not build their life on the rock. They did not build their life according to God's word. And we have to understand, I would like more to focus on this thing. They were all drinking from the rock that was following them. And the Bible says that rock was Jesus Christ. That rock was, hallelujah, a couple of you is together with me, hallelujah. <laughs> that rock was, Jesus. hallelujah, he is the rock, you know, that is giving the water of life to us. You see, we can go maybe a few hours, we can go one day, we can go a couple days without water. But if you are going to go four days, five days, six days without water, you are going to die. The water is necessary, and spiritual water also is necessary. We need to come to the rock of our salvation to drink from him the rock or water of life. The water comes from Jesus. You need to have that relationship with Jesus to be able to drink from the rock because he is the source of God's life. He is, the, he is standing between you and between Father God. And if you come to him, he is going to release new and fresh water into your life. He is going to release something beautiful in your life and you are going to live and you are going to prosper. Hallelujah. Father God has given Jesus to us and in him he has given to us all we need. And Jesus Christ is all your supply that you need to live the spiritual life and to live the good life here upon the face of the earth. It is God who has given the Lord Jesus Christ as the rock to us to overcome our enemies. It is through Christ that God is fighting for us. We need to understand that if there is no Jesus, you know, we will be completely lost. If there was not rock of our salvation, we would be completely lost and we would be beaten down by our enemies. And in Joshua, I would like to show you another picture. Uh, it's a t chapter 10, verses 5 to 11. Then the five kings of Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmut, Lahish, and Eglon joined the forces. They moved up all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in camp of Gilgal, do not abandon your servants, come up to us quickly and save us, help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined the forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, I have given them into your hand, not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord drove them into confusion before Israel, so Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Beth Horon, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Bethel, Beth Horon to Azek, the Lord hurled them large hailstones down on them. 
And more of them died from the hell than were killed by the sword of Israelites. Here is the special situation. Imagine this if you can. God is sitting in heaven. He's saying Joshua is having the fight. And he's saying, Joshua, don't worry, I am with you. I'm going to help you. He is confusing the enemies. And then God does something that you would say to your children, don't do it. He said, give me the stones. <laughs> give me the rocks. And he starts to throw the rocks upon the enemies of God's people. And you know, he is really hitting well. I mean, he is just so precise that every time he throws the rock, he hits hard. Hallelujah. And the word says he has killed more enemies than Joshua has killed. How? By the rocks. This is very, very interesting thing. And one thing I would like to pull out for you from this scripture. Here is the situation. Enemy already feels defeated. And enemy is running away. And even enemy is running away. Joshua is not stopping and God is not stopping. They are pursuing them. They are running after them because they want to destroy them completely. This is so important. Why it is so important? Because God, I believe, is thinking like this. You know what? That enemy, if I let them to go, they are going to regroup. They are going to gain strength back. And they will attack again the people of God. And they will come stronger. And then they will be greater threat than they are now. So what shall I do? I shall beat them down completely. Hallelujah. This is very, very important because many times we as believers, you know, we are thinking like this. Okay, you know, I am, let's say like this. I have a 10 sins in my life. I already have left five, you know, five less. That's very good. I've beaten five of them. I have left five of them. But you see, I have this and this and I don't want to give up on that. And you know what? Satan is looking. Like, for example, you are smoking cigarettes, and you say, you know what? I was smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Now I'm smoking only two, and that's enough. I don't have to give up on that. Oh, I was taking, you know, cocaine. Now I'm taking just wheat, you know. But, and it's, it's okay, you know. Or I was drinking, you know, a lot, but I'm drinking very little now. Or I was gambling very much, but I'm gambling very little now, you know. And I'm doing good. This is good. You know, I will stop here. Let me tell you this. That will keep open doors to the enemy to come back to your life. He will recruit himself. He will uh, grow stronger. And then he will come against you in the moment when you are not ready. And he will try to beat you down. Whatever sin you have in your life and you keep it unhappy in your life, if you don't beat it down to the end, to the bottom completely, then he is going to return and come against you. And God actually, I believe he is going after those people and he is hitting them hard because he wants to beat them completely. Hallelujah. This is so important for us. You see, remember Moses in the Egypt and the Pharaoh is saying to him, you know, okay, now you can go. I will let you go, you know, to, to give glory or to worship your God in the wilderness. And Moses is saying to Pharaoh this. I don't know if it is right English word. 
help me, correct me if I'm wrong. But he said, Moses said to Pharaoh, I am not going to, keep, uh, to leave behind me even the shoes from the cows. I don't know what you call it. Soles of their feet. Hallelujah. Don't leave no piece of your life to the enemy. You know, it, don't leave anything in the hands of the enemy. Beat it down to the end because God don't want you, you know, to have a part together with him. When God is working for you, when God is working in you, allow him to complete his work. Hallelujah. Believe and act till you come to the full freedom. Hallelujah. Believe and act till you come to full freedom. Don't stop on the half of the way. Don't stop at the three quarters of the way. Go all the way with the Lord. You see, so many people come to church and they say, oh, you know what? I just wanted to make it a little bit more easy for me. I don't have to get rid of this. But if it will be a little bit easier for me, I will be happy. That is good. But that's not good enough. Go to the end. Go to the full victory that God has for you. Say this is enough and I'm completely going to be free from this. Hallelujah. There is a victory for you. Hallelujah. In, in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need another mic. Hallelujah. No compromise. No compromise. No compromise. You know, I'm, when I got saved, I was a very uncompromised person. I was punker, I used uh, drugs, I played in bands, I uh, planted weed and sold weed and do many lots of crazy things. When I got saved, Jesus really radically touched me. Yes. Yeah, hallelujah. Is anybody here who, is, who can say the same thing? Hallelujah. Jesus is a radical God. Hallelujah. He is a radical God. And He wants you to be radical for Him. Hallelujah. I know. My wife and I said, okay, now we were totally radical before. You know, we want to, to, uh, to start revolution and crazy stuff on our heads, you know. And we said, okay, now we are saved. What to do now? I don't want to be church member. I want to be a part of the body of Christ who is conquering the hell. I want to be the body part of body of Christ who work with God today. Because, you know, when I was young, I didn't like churches. You know, because of what? Because of really, really, religiosity. You know why I mean. You know, they're religious, you know, and I don't like religion. You know, oh, hallelujah, amen, oh, God, take care of us. You know what? God, take care of me in few days. First day I was, when I got saved, I... I was, I was thinking, okay, let us celebrate. Then I, me and my friend was drink. And we, we take a drink. But day after, we had revelation. We'll not drink anymore. Because it was revelation. Then, you know, in, in a few weeks, I was delivered from everything. Because God is a radical God. And God wants to, to, to share this radic uh, radical uh, uh, character of his to the world. You know, when God says, okay, I will shoot every enemy of Israel in Joshua's case, he mean it. You know why? Because he's radical. Jesus says the last words that Jesus said to us, according to the gospel to Matthew, is I am with you. I am with you. So he is with us. He is with us. He's the rock. His work is perfect. 
So if I'm, I'm not perf perfected in my deeds, in my, if my life is not perfected, then is he really rocking my life? Or I am laying on something else? Am I relying on myself? Am I relying on, on, on my brain or something? Or I'm relying totally on God? I'm relying my life totally on God. You know, just recently, Lord opened up uh, a new city for us. We prayed for that city for maybe two years. I, I knew that we have to and supposed to go into that city and start something there. We tried to evangelize, tried to pray, tried to anything, but it wasn't just open. Then God just opened doors. You know, and sometimes God opened do opening the doors when uh, it's not the uh, right time for you. But it's the right time for him. You know, I was like, oh, uh, it was summertime. And, you know, I want to swim a little bit in the sea. I want to sun. And I want to a little bit take a rest, Lord, not today. And Lord said, this is the time. And the guy called me and he said, okay, I have 10 people that are waiting for you in the room. I said, okay, we will go there. So he was speaking about what things about are happening in our church. Healings, deliverances, manifestations of glory. And you know, there were three ladies. You know, those fancy ladies. You know, dressy and everything. So I entered the room and they watched me. And I like, <laughs> and I said, oh God, <laughs> if you don't help me. I will, I will be like, like, like stupid, like crazy man, you know. And I said, okay, God, tell something. Speak something. I need you. You know, I wasn't like, okay, I will tell them the message of salvation. Because I know how to share a message of salvation. But they knew it's a new situation. And I, I, I need a fresh, fresh uh, uh, presence, fresh revelation from him to them. And, you know, suddenly just, uh, just one thought blow into my mind. You know, oh, you have problem with your knees. And then the first one said, oh. Then I, the, the next, ne next few, uh, uh, then I said to the next lady and to the next lady. And they were opened. And in next five minutes, you know, they were crying and receiving Jesus and were healed and everything. But, you know, I can do anything. With, uh, 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 I cannot do anything without God. I can rely myself on my theology. I can re rely myself on my knowledge because I know, because I read, I'm a pastor, blah, blah, blah. But if he is not with me, I'm in problem. I'm in problem. If you don't invite him in your sin, if you invite him, don't invite him in your weakness, you will be still weak, still in sin. If you don't invite him into your life where, you know, there are parts of life that we are proud of and we, that we are want to share with everyone. But there are parts of life that we are not so proud of. And God wants to be Lord of your whole life. And if you invite him into that part of your life, then you will see this perfect work of God. Because his work, his work is perfect. He is the rock. Moses says he is the rock. His work is perfect. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he said it's finished. Everything is finished. Everything. You don't need to do anything. You just need to rely on him and surrender to him. This summer also, I was with one guy. He was like friend of the church. And this guy was, his wife is really a good church member and she is really involved in our ministry. But he's like, you know, okay, I like you, but um, not for me. But, you know, this summer, that guy called me and he said, you know, I need to, 
something is wrong with my life. I need to stretch my life. I need to just change my life. And I said, okay, no problem. We will meet each other. Then we met in that city. And I asked him, you know, what do you think? What do you need to change? He said, you know, I'm not in good relationship with God. I'm religious. I know everything about God. But I'm not in good relationship. And I said, only one decision, you know, only one decision uh, is, 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 uh, uh, is uh, requires you that, that you become the follower of Jesus and that God came into your life. And I say, you need to surrender. You need to surrender. And you know, this guy is huge. He's head taller than I and big one. And, you know, it's, uh, it's in the middle of the day. And I'm telling him, you know, okay, you need to surrender to Jesus. And he said, I'm ready. And I said, okay, pray with me. Jesus, I surrender your, my life to you. And when he said it, he starts to cry. You know why? Because rock came. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one rock came, another tons of rocks just came off. And you know, now we're in the city, I'm hugging him, you know, he's crying. People are walking by. Rick knows how he's in, in, in Istria during the summertime. Thousands of tourists, you know, we are hugging each other. He's crying and he's surrendered his life to Jesus. And he's now walking with Jesus. Why? Because finally, at I don't know how many years, he realized that if he don't rely his life and everything that he have on God, that he will not made it. And then he, he, when he decided, he realized that Jesus is that rock. Jesus is that rock that you can stand upon it. And another thing is, he is that rock you can jump from it into the ministry, into serving. You know, I'm living into the city where there is many, many beaches. So you have beach where you can just go in. You have sand, you have sand beach. But I, most I like those rocky beaches where there are huge cliffs. Then you can jump on it. Because, you know, when you step on that cliff, you know, it's like you stand upon Jesus. And the sea is, the, sea is like the world. And you, when you jump into that, you know, you jump with the, how they say, with the great... Uh, Shout or, uh, or, or, or you jump and everybody can 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 just uh, you know if you jump from the from the straight beach, it's nothing you know. Okay, you know my kids don't like it you know into small water. But if you jump from the high cliff, then some explosion explosion. You know people are like wow so. This is the same thing when you enter into that world from Jesus. Bam! And people say, wow! What's happened to you? Who are you? You have words of knowledge. You have prophecies. You have everything. Because you, you jumped from him. It's spectacular. And God can give you spectacular things. Because when you are standing on him. On the rock of your salvation. He's with you. He's with you until the end of your days. So I, I want to encourage you, you know, just to surrender everything. Because he's perfect and he wants for you to be perfect. Surrender everything. Surrender everything. You know, be, be totally radical. Be totally radical. Don't say, okay, just one more time. Now is the day. Now is the time. 
Now you decide. And he is here. And he will help you. At the end of this service, we will pray. But keep your in thought. Apostle Shishko. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so important to know how to break in. It's so important to, to come totally in Jesus, to be totally committed to him. You see, so many times our, we are standing with one foot in the world and with the other foot in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God wants us completely in him. Hallelujah. I will read from you, to, for, to you from the uh, Second Samuel uh, 22, 1 to 3. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior from violent people. You save me. Hallelujah. David is saying here, and I would like to point that, he is saying, the, take a refuge in the Lord. Take a refuge in the Lord. You know, when you are going for the refuge, you want to come to the place where you will be totally in refuge. You see, I was in the war in Sarajevo, and we had the granites falling around us. We had the snipers shooting at us, and uh, most of the time you wanted to be in some kind of refuge. And when you are in refuge, you don't want to leave your feet out. You don't want to leave your head out, you see, because they are going to hit you in what you leave outside. And the enemy, when he is attacking us, you know, he's going to hit us when, in what we leave outside that he can attack. Whatever we leave outside, it is in dangerous. And in, in the Isaiah 2.10, the Lord is saying, go into the rock. Hallelujah. Go into the rock. Hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and in the, uh, and the splendor of his majesty. <coughs> the eyes of arrogance will be humbled and the human proud brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Uh, if you can see this verse, he's saying to us, go into the rock. Go completely in Christ. Go completely into him. Because everything that will be in Christ, everything that is in the stone will be saved. And what stays out will be in dangers and it can perish. And the Lord is speaking to us, go completely into Christ. Because all that stays out will fall. Come into the rock. Come into the rock. Come into Jesus Christ completely. You see, when you get into the rock, you are actually coming into the glory. Hallelujah. There is the glory in the, or in the rock. There is the protection. There is salvation. There are many, many different things. But there is the glory in the rock. And I would like to, to read for you from Exodus 33, 18 to 22. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Why Moses is saying this? I think he has seen the glory of the Lord before. But he is saying to the Lord, anyhow, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name. 
the name the Lord in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and stay alive. Then the Lord says, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Hallelujah. There is a place near me when you can stand on the rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Hallelujah. There is a place on the rock for you. And there is a place... In the rock, actually, hallelujah, thank you. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. There is a place in the cleft of the rock where you can be. God wants you to be inside. God don't want you to be outside. He has made the place for you inside, so he, inside the Christ Jesus, so he can show you his glory. If you want to come in his glory, you have to come into Christ Jesus. God has prepared the place for every one of us. And this is what we need to do. We need to build ourselves into that place. That's why it says in 1 Peter that we should approach the Christ who is the rock and be built as the rocks in the house of God. When we build ourselves as the rocks in the house of God, then he is going to show us his glory. And it is about glory why he is calling us inside. Because he wants to show us our glory. How do you build inside the house or inside the rock? You build yourself through the faith. You build yourself into the rock through your words. And you build yourself inside the rock through what you are doing. Hallelujah. You need to concentrate on doing those things which will keep you inside the rock, which will keep you inside of Christ. And when you build yourself into that, you are going to see the glory of God in your life. And you see, the glory of God is not just a wonderful, wonderful sight. It is also a wonderful experience which will transform your life. It will take you from the darkness to the light. It will take you from the sickness to the health. It will take you from the captivity to the freedom. It will bring your life on a new level where God wants you to be. But you need to find that place in the rock. Hallelujah. He wants to show you the glory, but you need to come and you need to stand on the rock. And you need to be put by the Lord in the cleft of the rock. Hallelujah. Do you want glory of God in your life? I believe we all want. Or at least we all should want. Hallelujah. We need to have the glory of God in us. But to have the glory of God, we need to come into Christ. We need to completely to lean on Christ. Because if we are going to lean just with one hand, we are not really leaning. We are not really standing on the rock. When you stand on the rock, you are standing with all your weight. And then the Lord will take you and he will put you in the cleft of the rock. But if you are just leaning with one your hand, one 
of your hands, then you are not really ready to come inside. He is looking for the people that will claim it up, that will put their faith, and that will stand on the rock. He is looking for them to put them to the, uh, uh, in the place where he can show them his glory. You have to understand that he is, has prepared that place for you and you need to approach and take your place. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one just as we are one in them and you in me that they may be that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them as you have loved me jesus said i want that glory that i have being them i want that it's a will of god it's not something that's re uh, reserved for uh, 10 people and for the other churches like oh, all right you will stand out and you will just wave to us no jesus said i want for everyone everyone to be in the glory because this is will of God this is will of God to be in this presence of of of, of glory the presence of God you know and when when Jesus was in 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 the, in the world when Jesus walked he showed us how to walk in the glory first thing in perfect obedience to his father in perfect obedience and you know Jesus came came onto the river Jordan and John the Baptist is there and John said oh no I don't want to baptize you you have to baptize me but Jesus says no 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 the right thing is that you baptize me and when John baptized him what's happened heavens were open heavens were open you know, and the voice were, was saying, you are my son, in whom I well pleased. Then the next thing, you know, Jesus didn't went and to party with, with his disciples. All right, Father God conferred me as his son. No, the scripture says that Jesus was led by the spirit of God into the desert. Why? I thinking, Why? You know, sometimes God, after his uh, uh, reco recognition, after he says to us, okay, you are my son, he wants to check us out. He wants to check our hearts. He wants to see how much word in our hearts are. How, are, how much we are obedient, not to ju just to the feeling, but to the word of God. Because when there is feeling, you know, you're in the church, presence of God is here, you are ready to do everything. You know, you're ready to surrender everything. But what's, what, what when you come home? When you come home, where there is no such thing as corporate anointing. What's then? Will you still be surrendered to God? Will you still be the person who will say, it is written, Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus. Or you will say, oh God, have mercy on me, sinner. You know, when Jesus came out from the desert, the word of God said that he came out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that word was spread. And you know, this word, uh, word that was spread, that, that everyone knows this is the glory. Everyone knows about glory. Because everyone wants to know about glory. Because whole earth will be filled with his glory. Who is the glory carrier? You and me. In this world, you and me are glory carriers. He will put us into the rock, into Jesus. But you know, in Colossians, God said, the mystery which had been hid for ages and generations, mystery of glory. But now had it been manifested to his saints, 
Is it any saint here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah together hallelujah. with me. This mystery is manifested to you and me. What is that mystery? To whom God was pleased to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is, listen to that, Christ in you. Hope of glory. Christ in you. First, God take you into the Christ. Then, Christ in you start to manifest through you. This is the reason why you need to be totally in glory. That totally glory. Whatever God has in you can be manifested through you. You know, we saw that in the Acts of the Apostles. You know, Apostle Peter walked and his shadow was healing people. I tried. My shadow don't heal anyone. But I want that my shadow healed somebody. You know, I believe that in this shadow was glory. And it was, you know, Peter wasn't walking around, oh, I believe I will heal somebody. I believe I will heal somebody. Or I feel anointing for healing. No, he was just walking. And glory was all around him. Inside of him came this glory and touches every part of his, his human body and even his shadow. And all people knew about him. Why? Because Christ in him. Christ in you, Christ in us, is the hope of glory that needs to be revealed to the Gentiles. You know, God will not reveal His glory to anyone. He says, I am jealous for my glory. You know, He will not give His glory, you know, okay, I will, okay, sale of my glory, come for 55 cents. No! His glory is reserved for totally surrendered people. You know, there are so much lukewarm Christians in the world. You know, they're like, okay, I believe in Jesus. Okay, Jesus also believes in you. And demons also believe in Jesus. But why? Why those Christians are not, uh, how they say, sharing, spreading this glory that's inside of them. In every of us, it's a possibility for that. But we decide what to do with that. We decide. You decide. I decide. You know, because when you say, okay, when this atmosphere of God, that now I'm in it, during our corporate praise and worship, I want that atmosphere in my home. I want that atmosphere in my personal life. I want that atmosphere everywhere I go. Because glory, one of the definition of glory is God's atmosphere. The every breath He's taking, atmosphere. You know, when you enter into the glory, you enter into the miraculous. You know, when you enter into the glory zone, you enter into the miraculous. Everybody, stretch your, your hands like that. You know, if you can touch somebody, try to touch somebody. He's in your zone. So if the glory of God is in you, then you can touch somebody in your zone. Hallelujah. When somebody stepped into your zone, Brother Rick, can you stand up? Imagine, imagine that Brother Rick is, is somebody who is sick. So now I'm the glory carrier. And this is my zone. And I know how to release glory. I'm ready for that. I know the glory. Because I've totally surrendered to him. I, I'm doing everything because I'm in Christ. Christ sent me. And then sickness comes into my zone. What's happening? Glory covers sickness and heals the sickness. And I just, I don't need to tell you, no, you will be healed. We will, we will go through some teaching. No, I said, come into my zone. Come into my zone. And then you come to my zone. 
And then I just need to know how to release that glory that's in with, with, with me. This is what God wants. Thank you. <laughs> this is what God wants me. This is what, what God wants us from you and me. Just to release that glory. Hallelujah. You know, so when you are in Him, He is in you. Hallelujah. According to His word, you are in His glory. And I will say to you, everything is possible in glory. Moses was totally transformed in this glory. When he came down from the mountain, he needs to have this blanket <laughs> covering in his face because of, of, of glory. You know, and then Paul said that we are changing from glory to glory. I will tell you one thing. The glory that you experienced yesterday is not the glory that you can experience today and the glory that is prepared for you tomorrow. That glory is maybe healing, deliverance. That glory is maybe financial breakthrough. That, that glory is maybe salvation of your loved ones. I don't know what that glory is. But God wants to show you His glory in your life. Hallelujah. Can you turn me on a little bit? Hallelujah. I like to hear myself. If I don't hear myself properly, I cannot preach properly. Turn me on. <laughs> okay? Hallelujah. Give me That's good. Give me sound. Sound is good. Hallelujah. 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 I think I was telling you before this. Maybe some of you will remember. We were on our trip. The year is 87. We are traveling down to Sarajevo, which is more than 50% Muslim city. We are coming into the cities, uh, city and the mosques are around, you know. And in a moment, I felt how this spirit of Islam was coming over me. I am coming from Islam because I used to be Muslim. And this spirit is coming over me. And it was trying, you know, to squeeze me and bring fear into my life. And in a moment, just spontaneously, I shouted, Hallelujah! There is a victory in the shout. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Have you seen dead men shouting? No. no? <laughs> is there any alive here? Yes. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God said to Moses, claim up on the rock. Are you claiming up on the rock? Or are you standing and looking rock from the side? You see, it's one thing to look on the rock from the side. It's another thing to claim on the rock. To come up. To come to the place where God wants you. God is not going to take you and bring you up. You have to bring yourself up. Because that is your own choice. That is your own will. If you don't want to be on Christ, you will not be on Christ because he is not going to force you. But if you decide, I am going to stand under Christ, then Father is going to take you and He is going to put you in that cleft. And then the glory is going to come. And then the glory is going to come. And then the glory is going to come in your life and it's going to translate uh, or transform your life. You see, God is fighting with the stone, with the rock for you. 
You see, you remember probably that situation. This Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream, and he was a very wise man. And he called all his people that could tell him what he was dreaming about. And he said, tell me what I was dreaming, and tell me what dream means. And they said, please, king, say to us what you were dreaming, dreaming, and then we will tell you what the dream means. And he said, no, 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 you are not going to get me. I will know that you are telling me the truth if you know what I was dreaming. Now this was a big task. But Daniel said, you know, give me some time. I'm going to talk with the Lord. And then the Lord showed him, and he came to Nebuchadnezzar, and then he explained to him about this statue, you know, gold, silver, bronze, and all other stuff. And then he said, then, king, I saw that from nowhere the rock was rolling. And it was going into the direction of this idol, and it hit him. And it broke down in the pieces. And then he said, this, this statue was representing different kingdoms through the earth. And then this rock came and it hit these kingdoms. And then all the, all the, uh, all the earth was filled with the kingdom which was represented in the rock and was taken over. You see, God was fighting with Gideon about throwing the rocks, not so big. But then, in the moment of history, he decided he is going to throw big rock. And that rock was Jesus Christ. And he came, and he will come again, and he will destroy all the kingdoms, and he will fill the earth. And all earth is going to be the kingdom of God. Now, I am telling you something a little bit different because I want to show you uh, uh, something which is very, very important for us as a Christians to understand. You see, so many times we think Jesus was preaching only healing or only deliverance, or only eternal life, which is really not true. If you see in the Bible, you will see that one of the themes that the Lord was preaching all the time, it was the kingdom of God. He was not so much preaching healing. He was not so much preaching deliverance. He was not so much preaching eternal life as much he was preaching the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God in itself has all these things and much, much more. But we have to understand there is a day when the kingdom of God will be established on the face of the earth. And we need to prepare for that. Hallelujah. You see, the word is saying to us that the Lord Jesus has come to redeem us. He has come to heal us. He has come to bring us back to Father God, and he has come to help us to overcome our enemies. But, you know, we have to understand that there is something to come. There is kingdom of God that is needs to come. And that is going to be a new world in which we will live. That will be a world where there will be no pain, there will be no lie, there will, not, there will be no unrighteousness or anything similar to that. 
Hallelujah. And for that kingdom, my dear friend, we have to prepare to enter into the kingdom in the right way and to stay in the kingdom in the right way. Because when he comes, when the rock comes, when Jesus comes, he is going to say, okay, I want sheep on this side and the goats will be on this side. And then he will say to the goats, go from me, I don't know you. And I don't want to be in that group. I want to be in the group of, it, of the sheep of the Lord. He will come and he will establish righteous judgment upon the face of the earth. And this is my question. If he will come now, are you ready? If he will come tonight, are you ready? Are you sheep or you are God? What is happening with you in your life right now? You see, in the book of Revelation 19 from 11, I want to read this to you. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe deep in the blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horse and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty and his robe and on his side, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And this is my message for you, my friend. He is going to come, and he is the King of Kings, and he is the Lord of Lords. First time he came as a baby. Second time he will come as a King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. First time he came as a Redeemer. Second time he is coming as a judge of the world. Are you ready for him? Are you ready to meet him and to be together with him in this kingdom that will not pass but will stand forever? There is a rock that has been thrown by God through the ages and that rock is going to fill the, all the earth and we have to submit to that rock and we have to stand on that rock and we have to build ourselves in the rock otherwise that rock will, will crush us down. So I am calling you today. If you want to see the glory of God in your life, if you want to prepare yourself for the kingdom of God that is to come, if you want to have the shield of God in your life, if you, have to have, if you want to have the rock of salvation in your life, you have to make that decision. I want to be in Christ. I want to be in the rock. You see, there is this old hymn. I suppose most of you know that hymn. It says, the rock of cleft, the rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. How much are you hidden in him? Maybe to half. Maybe up to here. Maybe you are all the way down. You need to hide yourself in him.
He was crucified for you. He was beaten down for you. He was pierced for you. So you could come inside of him. So you could hide inside of him. So you could stand in the place where he wants you to be. Are you built up into the Christ Jesus? If you are not, I'm calling you to do, to be built up in the Christ Jesus. What I'm speaking about, first I need to clarify that. If you have not received Jesus in your life, and you have, if you have not given your life to Jesus completely from your heart, honestly, I'm inviting you today to do it. Maybe everybody is saved today. I don't know. But I want to, to, to tell you this. If you have not given your life completely to Jesus, if you have not built yourself in Jesus Christ, this is your day to do it. You need to do it. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to come in the rock of salvation. You need to be hidden in him. And uh, this is for the other believers. Maybe you are going through a difficult time right now. Maybe there are struggles that you are fighting and you cannot find the strength to overcome and to stand on your feet in fighting this struggle that you are in. There is a strength in the rock of our salvation. There is also protection in the rock of our salvation. He wants to protect you. He wants to strengthen you. But you need to come into him. You need to join together with him. And then there is a third group of people. Maybe you, want, you, are, you are not having any problems now. Maybe your life is okay. But you have this desire. I want to see the glory of God in my life. I want to come to that place that I will be in the cleft of the rock. And that the God will start to show me his glory. If you are one of these three group of people, hallelujah, I would like you to stand on your feet. First group of people is the people who wants to give their life to Jesus. You never did it. You want to put your feet on him. You want his salvation. You want him to be your Lord, rock of your salvation. If you are that one, please stand on your feet. Thank you. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. I want to ask you uh, to stand on your feet. Hallelujah. The team for praise and worship is coming out. Hallelujah. This is your chance. If you have not given your life to Jesus, this is good time. Hallelujah. Please don't let it pass by you. The second group of people I would like to stand... Is the people you are going to, through struggle right now. You are going through difficult time. And you need the strength. And you need his protection. I would like you to stand up. If you are in that situation. You need him to come. To strengthen you. To move in your life. Hallelujah. To protect you. Hallelujah. I would like to pray for you. Hallelujah. I cannot do it. But he can do it. I cannot do it. But he can do it. Hallelujah. Please come forward. Please come forward. Please stand here. Yeah, that's good. Pastor Peter, come over. One to each other. Next to each other. You were in season of great pressure. You even didn't felt so much his presence and you thought, okay, what's my problem? 
what's my problem? And, you know, it's not your problem. It's not your problem. If you are seeking God, He wants to reach out to you. But there is some kind of uh, enemy's roof or cloud or, or something that's upon you. And they just don't allow you to press into that presence. If you are that kind of person, please come in. Come forward. For prayer. Okay, just If you want prayer, just face forward. And then the prayer team, if y'all would be behind those because they want to pray for it. I got, I got to be obedient to the Lord. The Lord told me two words in relationship to what pastors were saying, sharing. One was, both of them were two stories. One was about compromise, and the second was is some people believe, thinking they're believing when they don't believe. And he told me a story that I may have shared here about the guy who, who strung a wire across uh, Niagara Falls, and, uh, and he made a big show about, I'm going to push a wheelbarrow of rocks over, this, this, uh, over, the, over Niagara Falls. So a big crowd gathered, so he asked him, says, do you believe I can do this? And so they were cheering him. So he pushed the rock, rock barrel of rocks across and came back, and they cheered him, and they said, do y'all believe I can do it again? And they said, yes, yes, they cheered him. And so he did it again, and he pushed it back. And he got back, and, and he dumped, and he says, do y'all believe I can do it again? And they said, yes, yes, and they got even crazier. And he took the rocks, the bar- wheelbarrow of rocks, and he dumped it out, and he says, if you believe, get in. And God is saying, some of us, have got to get in the wheelbarrow. You can't, 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 can't lay, play games with it. You got to get in the wheelbarrow. And that's where salvation is, is in the wheelbarrow. The second thing the Lord told me was that some of you, pastor was talking about going into the refuge. Some of us are playing games. And the Lord reminded me of a story of a man about in Texas that hunted rattlesnakes. And he would always hunt them and get, and he had his family and stuff like that. And he, and he would catch them and he'd sell them immediately. Never kept any at home. But one day he caught this m- massive rattlesnake. It was this, the king of rattlesnakes. And he said, I can't sell this thing. And he says, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to build a cage and I'm going to keep it at my house. So he built this cage for this rattlesnake. And so one day he, he, uh, all of a sudden, he hear, he's out in the back in his farm, and he hears this scream that's horrific. And uh, all of a sudden, he looks up, and his daughter had opened the cage, and the rattlesnake had wrapped itself around its, her head and was biting her in the face. And the reality is, the Lord told me when the pastor was speaking there, many of us have hidden some things. We've hid some rattlesnakes, and we've hit, we built cages for them in our house. But you beware, at some point in time, it will bite that which you love. And there's no compromise. There's nothing to be hidden. And so I just want to more in relationship to that. Some of you, I'm going to pray a prayer and come on up. And they're going to pray for you and the prayer team will be behind. And uh, and minister into it also. So Heavenly Father, we just agree in the name of Jesus for the revelations of no compromise today. Lord, things no hidden, nothing hidden. Lord, nothing hidden, Lord. You're calling us in to get into the wheelbarrow of Christ. And let's go. Lord, you're calling for us to get rid of the the hidden things in our lives, not to build cages, not to build places to hide them. 
Lord, we just want to uncover it all, knowing that that which is in the darkness becomes light. Lord, when it's exposed by the light, it becomes light. So, Lord, we just call forth right now in the name of Jesus. You, Lord, you.